Welcome back to a new episode of the Shups and Preds podcast. This week we will be recapping the Week 10 Thanksgiving weekend slate of games. We'll be looking forward to Week 11, only three games slate this weekend. And along for the ride is myself, John, Tyler, and Matt. Still no Pete, who is busy is how many interviewing, he says. Is this, is this four uh, in a row? Oh, yes. See. The 9.45 p.m. interviews of, of Fort Worth, Texas, uh, as, as is normal business hours for interviews. The city that never sleeps, Cowtown. Isn't that what they say? Yeah. <laughs> the cows certainly certainly don't sleep. It's... So, boys, we had some drama on Thanksgiving Monday that we're going to get into. A couple barn burners uh, drama. between the Eastern Conference teams. Um, we've already reviewed, because we did it during the middle of the game, the Toronto and Ottawa game from last Wednesday. So that means we're going to jump right into things with Edmonton at Winnipeg. And with that review is yours truly. Um, the Bombers were victorious by a score of 32-3. In the first quarter, Edmonton ran 10 plays from scrimmage. They accumulated zero first downs and conceded one safety. Uh, But we're only down 9-0 after one. Unfortunately, that would have been enough if the Bombers had have stopped scoring there to uh, capture a victory for them. Relatively poor outing for uh, MOP frontrunner Zach Caleros, who went 16 of 27 for 207 yards, one touchdown and one interception. But the slack was more than picked up by Andrew Harris, who went over 100 yards rushing for the first time this season. He had tallied 24 carries, 150 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, the star of the show as has been the case for many Bombers games, is the Bombers' defense. Holding Edmonton offense to only 196 total yards, sacked the quarterback three times, had one interception, one special teams fumble recovery. For the Elks, uh, sadness and misery and failure. Greg Ellingson led all receivers with 39 receiving yards, uh, which is not as much as you'd want your leading receiver to have, uh, certainly. So... There's really not much to say other than, once again, Winnipeg is the best team in the CFL by a wide margin. Um, But it is increasingly looking like Edmonton might actually be the worst team in the CFL, which would be bad if you predicted them to win the Grey Cup, which I know some people did. Um, And it would also be bad if you like picking them to win games, uh, which I know some people do. So, guys, do you have any insights this, it doesn't make this sense. Happening, no, it, into it why this is happening sense. and what Edmonton can do to maybe salvage some respect this season. So, th- no, unfortunately not. Um, this season's shot, and I, it's really hard to say, but it still doesn't make sense that through the first four games, I think, Trevor Harris was the leading passer. Yes. Um, James Wilder was the leading rusher. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't have, I mean, they spread the love on the receiving end, but they have a lot of good receivers that were, you know, in the top 15 for receiving yards. And defense is what it is. They, you know. Can't turn teams over, but they did get a turnover in this game. So, yeah, well, you know, so they didn't have, yeah, they didn't have any turnovers through like the first eight games. Yes. And, but now, with the so, but the 
seemed like the pieces were there, but they couldn't put it together. Now we're seeing them not being able to put it together, and the pieces are also not there. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, you, I don't <laughs> think anybody could have expected, and this is unfortunate, but it seems that Darrell Walker is not the player he once was. I just, I've never how seen old is, How old is Darrell Walker? But he's 31. It's not that old. He's 30. He's 30. Um, having what I would say is probably <laughs> probably his worst CFL season ever. James Wilder Jr. still comes to play every week, so you got to respect that. Um, but now the news coming out of this game is that they have benched, literally benched, Trevor Harris. <laughs> Uh, something I would not have expected at any point in this season. Um, So uh, are there, there's probably two things that can mean one, he's not ready physically. Yes. Two, they have scrapped the season essentially. And they're trying to figure out is Taylor Cornelius, the future of the franchise or at yeah, least they're I trying mean, to they're trying to they're this is now their sandbox time. They get to play around because the season's done. I guess. I I hope it's the first, but it seems more likely that it's the latter. No, I it seems that yeah, they've probably thrown in the towel on this one. Um low energy. It's been an absolute shit show from the get. Um just rumblings Family of Family pod. Uh, What'd you say? <laughs> Family pod. Yeah, I dropped, oh, a, I dropped a G, I dropped a I dropped the GD before the before we started. My apo- my apologies to the big man upstairs. Right. Family pod. <laughs> but really um, it's it it shows it, it, it brings it, seems it out of you. that there is uh unrest in the all levels of the organization. Um at this point I would find it hard to believe that uh Jamie Elizondo is going to come back for a second season as Elks head coach. I uh, find it hard to believe that Brock Sunderland's going to come back as the GM. Um, but, you know, you never know in this league. Yeah, I mean, what a disappointment. Uh, mm-hmm. Friend of the pod, Cole Boilo. You think Jason equated, Moss, Moss would come back? As a head coach? they. I mean, I don't think so. Not with how the Riders are, pl- are playing right now offensively. Well, but I, well, I mean, they, they might Moss bring... would come back if Brock Sunderland was still the GM. For sure. But this... I don't think that's the story. That no, the story the, is the Elks want to just... want to tell. Like, OK, it's, it's not like Dang. he's he's crushing it over in, in sketch and we're bringing him back. You know, it's the reunion tour. It's like he's doing pretty OK over at, at sketch, but they're, you know, in, in serious would, danger of losing. If, if, if anybody's place. going to make an Edmonton comeback. Uh, it would be Chris Jones as GM that and head coach. Sense. Right. But we we shall see. Um, <laughs> oh, currently, he's too busy defensive consulting. You know, most defensive consultants spend the whole game calling plays, right? Everyone is a consultant nowadays. How many consultants <laughs> I deal with at work? Well, I'm a consultant. What do, well, what do you do? I consult. But yeah, but you don't do anything. You just... That's the thing. Chris Jones actually does something. They just don't want to say it. He's just a defensive consultant that the camera is always watching as he calls Matt, in the Matt, plays. you can you can vibe with the people who say they're consultants all the time. Yeah, of course I can. It's a nice nice work if you can get it. I think. 
We will be discussing more about Edmonton and Winnipeg uh, as we talk week 11 as they're going to rematch this time in Edmonton. Um, For now, I have nothing left to say on this performance. It's once again, Winnipeg flexing their muscle. And once again, Edmonton putting forth a lifeless effort. Um, Sad. Uh, Guys, do you have any parting shots or can we move on? We can move on. Edmonton stinks. I'm sorry. They stink. Actually, moving forward, we probably won't spend too much time on their games because I don't think I don't know if they'll win another game this season. No, they they are horrible. Um, Calgary at Saskatchewan. Talk about a good game, and to give us the skinny on that. uh, Yeah, a lot of scoring plays, um, but maybe not a lot of uh, not a lot of end zone kind of highlight reel plays. Um, We'll get into that though. Uh, This one started off with a bang. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell connected with Marquise Ambles for a 71-yard bomb on the first play from scrimmage. Um, but from there, both teams kind of had trouble making it happen from uh, within the red zone. So to end the first quarter, we had two field goals from Calgary, one from the Riders. In the second quarter, it was the opposite. The uh, Riders had a uh, touchdown. Cody Fajardo to Ricardo Lewis, and then two field goals from the Riders and one for the Stamps. Closed out the half, um, and uh, we went into the second half. No more, <laughs> no more touchdowns. Just traded uh, field goals. Um, so ten total field goals. Uh, Brett Lother made all of his four. Renee Paredes hit five out of six. Uh, Paredes missed a field goal. Uh, you know, early in the the game, the Stamps already had a ten point lead at that time. Um, and his last field goal was the game winner with no time left on the clock. Um, kind of a heartbreaker. Cold-blooded. Uh, yeah, so, um, you know, as you guys mentioned off the pod, uh, the Stamps had a really interesting, different game plan. Uh, lots of screen passes, lots of run plays. Kadeem Carey uh, carried the ball 20 Finally! times. Finally! For 109 yards. And, you know, let me, let me run back to last game. Because I think in their previous outing, uh, last Shatter. He, he had a good game. He had a good game last week. It was similar. Yeah. He had 11 carries last week. 11 we're, carries. We're, okay. We're, so, trend, we're so trending less, in the right but, direction. Yeah. Totally. 20 carries, but which he had 18 for, carries week one against Toronto. And so this was uh, a return with that. Honestly, there's the, 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 the turnovers from, from Bo Levi is what kept scatching the game. You look at the stats 22 to 13 first downs, yeah. 450 yards to 250 yards. 8.2 yards per play to 5.3. I mean, they just dominated them in all aspects of the game, but just the turnovers killed them. Yeah. Yep, totally. Um, so, the, yeah, the uh, Bo Levi uh, Mitchell, 291 yards on 20 of 28 passing. Had that one TD early in the game, but, yeah, two interceptions, um, which kept the game close because uh, you think Renee, at least Renee is putting one of the two in and, um, yes. Cody attempted to lead another um, comeback. Uh, we got the uh, the tying kick up, uh, but then obviously the stamps went down and and uh, you know um, weren't able to do it. I, I will say I, I went back and looked at it. So we have for the Riders two close losses and a close win over the last three games, um, but the Rough Riders have only had the lead in those three games for a combined 17 and a half minutes. Good stuff. <sighs> So they just they just they're just always playing from behind, and it worked on some heroics uh, in on that in that BC game, but 
other than that, so they they were and they've not been the first to score. So they're not getting hard out of the gate. They were the first to score in the BC game, but that lead lasted. They hit a field goal, so not even able to get in the end zone. And that lead lasted for 48 seconds before Michael Riley connected with Lucky Whitehead. Cody um, Fajardo is hurt. You heard it here on this pod first. He is not right. Speculation should say. <laughs> he, Cody Fajardo is hurt. He hasn't. You can check the stats the last two weeks. He's also been not running, which is very unlike him. But he's been passing also terribly. He's something is not right with his body. We talked about it off the pod. That hit he took against the first game against Winnipeg at Mosaic, where where it looked like really bad. Like he had to go to the straight. locker room. He had to go yeah. locker room. It looked like okay, maybe his at least his day was done. Maybe the season was done, and he felt right on his throwing hand on his, and it was it looked grim. He came back in that game, did not play well the rest of that game, but he came back. It couldn't throw the ball very well, and really, I don't think he's passed 300 passing yards in any game since since that game. Um, he's well, been on the steep decline. Cody Fajardo has not thrown over 300 passing yards since that game. He actually only has one over 300-yard game this season, BC. which would have been against Ottawa in Ottawa. week three. BC, oh, he only went for 230 in week one. Yeah. Uh, but yes, Tyler, that's correct. He has not gone for over uh, over 300, and he's only gone over 250 twice. Against BC and Calgary, week if, eight, if, nine, if you respectively, the and the, the Ottawa game. I'm talking since that hit. Tyler oh, since the, yes. but yes, you are correct. Well, and, and under 200 twice. Yeah, he, he, well, yeah. I mean, this is it. Would you? Well, so I think you. Would you guys say that coming into this season, um, Cody Fajardo was the popular choice to? Continue his ascension and claim MOP. Yes. Not not maybe by us, but certainly by <laughs> by, the, by at least one member of the pod. By well, one member. Well, of the pod. well, you take. I think everybody said, well, if Cody if Cody wasn't hurt, you know, didn't have that rib injury. Yes. I, I think I think so. I think it was. Well, he's had time to heal, you know, and they came out of the gate looking really good against in their first two games. So I really yep. think it was sort of that was the narrative that was starting to be written. Yeah. No, but I mean, you so what are you at, getting at, John? Well, I'm just talking. I'm looking at just thumbing through his stats <laughs> from 2019. You know, he's got multiple 300 yard games. He's got a 429 yard game against Edmonton week 20, a 430 yard game. Mm-hmm. These passing performances just are not happening uh, this year. He's as we've talked about on the pod and CFL media has talked about it at large, the passing problems with the sketch offense, which our friend Jason Moss, we talked about at the beginning with Edmonton. Uh, there's just something not clicking. There is a definite lack of explosion. Um, there's a lack of cohesiveness. Again, I will say they, because as Matt well, they're, brought up, they are always behind. They can't get William Powell yeah. rolling. Um, so this offense is just uh, not firing on all cylinders, certainly. And now they find themselves in a position. We got a um, we got a big old slop fest in the middle of the of the West. Yeah, where four, you, four through two is just yeah. No, they they had a chance. I thought with these two games against Calgary, um, to cement themselves as second in the West, coming off that win against BC. You said so on the pod before these two games. 
I truly <laughs> thought they would do it. Um, we but, all did. We 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 backed them. To, we we were we were idiots. We, we yeah, were idiots. They, well, they then, lost the then, first but time. Now you have position where again. Yeah, in their next game. Yeah, so um, uh, it is. I would say I think we can all agree that Edmonton, while being certainly the most disappointing team, they are now by the wayside in terms of discussions about postseason football. So now I turn yes. my attention to the Riders in terms of the team that has the most to figure out in order for, to fulfill this season's expectations. They can still right the ship. Um, so what they do to do that is going to be interesting. They have a bye week coming up. Um, Tyler, I Massive. know you're excited for Cody Massive to have a little week. rest time. They didn't need that. That was that was another thing too. They had the bye week when they were rolling at the beginning of the season. I said, "Well, they don't really, it's kind of, when you're when you're playing that well, you don't really want." Was it the corn week. dogs? Uh, <laughs> people are. We we may have to speculate that eating corn dogs is not exactly a, a good arbiter for playing well. And yeah, and, and like I think Matt just said, they come back off their bye week, and who do they got waiting for them? Calgary Stampeders. So they're going to have a, a, a well-known foe to greet them on the other side of this week 11 bye week. Um, in the Allow meantime. me a moment to ap- apologize. Yeah, this would be great. Yeah. Uh, I'm not apologizing. I still I, I stand by what the, the, the problems I had with, with Calgary at the beginning of the season. But Dave Dickinson, probably a fan of the pod, has, listen, has listened. He's taken under consideration what we've said. He's giving the ball to Kadeem Carey a lot more. Uh, I think Bo might, is get, definitely getting healthier. I still don't think he's where he wants to be, but he's certainly better. He's definitely better earlier in the games, I've noticed, the last the last couple weeks. He starts hot, which is great. It's the opposite of what Saskatchewan's doing. So uh, I actually – I think if we go back to – I don't even remember who I predicted to win the Great Cup. I think I predicted the Calgary to, to, to come out of the West, though. Um, so may, perhaps it is rounding into form now. Well, I did. Yeah, so I mean, what I, you're, yeah. So that was, yeah, that, for those that, was, right, me home, too, that was not an apology. What it was, was Dave finally took your advice and you've been right all along. <laughs> well, I think that's, it's clearly it though. That that's actually true. <laughs> it is true though. <laughs> that Give they have Kadeem the, carry the ball is the story. That, you know, like they're doing this, they're playing. This was a really good game. For them, uh, the last game, I think there were still some things missing. Maybe they were adjusting to the lack of Kamar Jordan in the who is uh, downfield, getting healthy. Who's getting healthy? So when that comes back, we've got Markeith Ambles finally playing well. Josh Huff has been playing well um, all, yeah. for the whole season. He so he's just kind of been working like. Now you bring back Kamar Jordan, and now you know they actually have a running game, and the secondary needs to start. Um, spy and carry like now they're this is what we saw early we saw Bo Levi and this really strong receiving squad now they've Kadeem Carey has come into his own and, and they could make moves they can I make really a can I, can I make a statement it's insulting that TSN has pictures of all these players but Kadeem Carey doesn't have a photo on here it's ridiculous <laughs> dude guys Guy's one of the best five, th- three running backs in the CFL. Listen, TSN is like there's a, a problem. Like yeah, it's, they do they do not care about the CFL. It's like they they're tweeting about how Ontario teams can finally go to full uh, <laughs> you know, full capacity. 
the Ontario teams being the Senators, <laughs> Maple Leafs. And it's like, holy shnikes. Um, and the Raptors, those those three teams. It's like, hmm, hmm. are there any more professional? Hmm. That's it's like, good. It's always nice when your television partner doesn't back you up. Um, <laughs> it's not like they're yeah. doing other. It's not like they have other stuff to do. They really that nah, doesn't matter. Let's move on, move on to our <laughs> Monday slate of games this past week, uh, starting. Uh, in Montreal with Ottawa at Montreal. Tyler, take us through how that went down. If you are a fan of slop fests, boy, do I have a game for you. I love a slop fest. You love a slop. I mean, this, this looked like a game that could have been played week one. It was an absolute mess. Um, <laughs> VA came out playing well. Uh, led the, led the owls down early in the, on the first drive of the first quarter. Uh, hit Jake Wineke for a five-yard touchdown pass, and we thought, all right, this is – I thought Montreal – I think we all thought Montreal maybe this game was the one to put on a – put up another, like, 50-burger on somebody. It did was, not happen. I was everything, hoping. <laughs> everything after this from VA was hot garbage. Uh, but next man up. That's the story of this game. So uh, we'll get to that. Uh, first, The first man that came up was Cameron Artis Payne filling in for an injured release stand back, and – Cameron Rogers Payne absolutely had a monster of a game. 21 carries, 122 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, just absolutely replicating the production that Willie Stanback was was getting. So you, you love to see a guy get his opportunity first time of the season and, and really just grab it by the scruff of the neck. And good on the coaching staff, I will say, for Montreal to to trust him to do that. So uh, after that touchdown for Montreal, the second quarter belonged to uh, the Red Blacks. Uh, two field goals within – 35 yards uh, and, a, and a safety, which would not be the first safety of this game. Um, had them up 8-7 at halftime. A week of uh, safeties. Yeah, the week of safeties. We can talk about that more later if you'd like to. Um, <laughs> third quarter, a boring. Uh, another, <laughs> another field goal for each team. So we go 11-13, to 13 going uh, just the kind of score you want to see in a CFL game. 13-11 to 11 going into the fourth quarter. Um Red Blacks would add another field goal and a safety to make it 16-13, but they just couldn't seem to get in the end zone, and it ultimately cost them. So I'd love to tell you a story about how Vernon Adams, you know, marched Montreal down the field and and got them the touchdown they needed to win the game. But alas, he was hurt on the drive, uh, which I think he got hurt probably on the, the Montreal side of the field, like maybe on the 40. And our man, in the, our man, Mr. Schiltz, he's broke his collarbone probably. Like he's, yeah, he's yeah, out he's, for six weeks. He's, he's, he's like, I, I, you can run back the tape on the last pod. Uh, Matthew Schiltz, I said, played. I complimented his play last week. He did make an appearance last week as well, and I thought he played very well. Uh, and he played well again in a tough spot coming in, you know, needing a touchdown to, to win the game. And uh, he delivered uh, three for three for 36 yards on the game-winning drive. Uh Cameron Rogers Payne punches it at, uh, I think from seven yards out for the win uh, with 25 seconds left. And really Montreal gets gets away with one, you'd have to say. Uh, yes. Basically, Cameron Rogers Payne threw the team on his back. Now, to be fair, they did 22 first downs, 374 yards total, but ton of penalties for a ton of yards. Nine penalties for 138 yards, as well as uh, 35 minutes of possession, which is thanks to – Thanks to Mr. Artist, Mr. Artist Payne. Um, yeah, it really was a game of next man up for for the Owls, and 
you know, it'll be interesting with Schultz. He's played very well in the, in the times that he's been brought in. Um, VA has just looked a mess. He looked a mess in this game. He, he finished the game 12 of 21 for 157 yards, a touchdown interception. Just didn't look right. The injury is just a result of him just, you know, we've been saying it all season, he's just running around the backfield too long. You know, I think that he's maybe only gained a couple of yards on that play he was hurt. Just just hasn't been there. His vision's been poor, I think. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what Schultz can do. But I actually I actually back Schultz to be pretty good fill-in. I think uh, Montreal's got a, a really good receiving core with Gina Lewis and B.J. Cunningham. So um, I, I got something to say about uh, Cameron Artis Payne who had an incredible performance. But it reminds me of another friend of ours, Mr. Brady Oliveira. Do you remember him? Uh, yeah, I do remember I'm familiar. Can you guess, no peeking, <laughs> how many carries he has had since Andrew Harris came back in week four of this season? Three. <laughs> He's had exactly three. This is highlighting an issue in the CFL where it's My, pre- my predding is just on another level right now. It seems impossible to run two back sets. Uh, without VA, I feel like the Owls will have to rely on their running game even more going forward. I'll so figure out what they've been doing all year. Figuring even more is what I said. Figuring out a way to get Payne and stand back on the field and the ball at the same time uh, would be hoove them, and I'm interested to see how they do that. That was my big takeaway from this field is or from this game is how have we not seen CAP on the field more? It's kind of been ridiculous. Now it may be kind. Of, it may be a. Um, they played Ottawa, so it's yeah, a little bit of a Ottawa, asterisk. and you know, and the issue may be simply a um, ratio thing, which I guess fair enough. At that point, you can't do much about that. But I, I would try to move the numbers around to try and get both him and Standback uh, going when they're both healthy. Even if they can get, can we call him Cap? Can I call him Cap? You can call him Cap. <laughs> kind of like welcome to. Uh, I think they just need to get him. If he can get eight, eight to ten carries, that's and and maybe you reduce stand back so who's hurt, maybe you cut him back to like fifteen ish. Yeah, that's probably about the right split. Uh, I I think that's totally. Standback's also gotten better at receiving as the season's gone on too. So I don't think you necessarily only have to use Willie Standback uh, to to ground and pound. I think you can have him out there. Uh, catching passes, uh, you know, to get first downs and flats and things like that. Going forward, though, without um, VA, you're bullish on Schultz. Yeah, I which think he, would be I great. I'd love to great. see it, but I always kind of there's a reason. Vernon Adams has been less than stellar more often than not this year. Yeah, and Schultz is still yet to start a game. What does VA get paid compared to Schultz, though? But I, I think, but, no, isn't but that I think the that normal I, 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 I a think reason for that. So as as intriguing as it is that Schultz is now going to get starts, um, I'm less enthused uh, about his possibilities of Montreal really uh, keeping their level of play high going forward. Yeah, but is it is it that strange that I I think every other team, even if they're up until now, I mean now it's strange with uh, with. Um, Trevor Harris being benched, but every yeah. other team is stuck with their guy even through, you know, the, unless there was a, a pre-existing well, competition, right? So, Toronto and Ottawa, yes, they I had a QB no, competition, yeah. but they're you know, like BC didn't start the the season very strong, and we didn't have a conversation, and, and neither did did Calgary, and we didn't 
have a conversation about uh you know the the benching so i don't know if it's so strange that Schiltz hasn't started a game yet, even though VA has not been playing well. I'm just surprised. I guess I should say I'm more surprised that he hasn't even gotten any sort of extended look um, in any games, even when VA is not playing well. Um, And I don't know. For me, that tells me something about their confidence level in him. But now there is no option. um, And I wish him all the best going forward. Any parting (laughs) shots on uh, this Ottawa-Montreal game before we move on to the the dessert portion of the... uh, Thanksgiving Day slate of games and talk Toronto at Hamilton. Yeah, Ottawa, uh, interesting game from Ottawa, right? They, Dude, they not up a, they've, let they're up, scrapping. Let, yeah, they're scrapping. They're, they let up a ton of yards. I mean, they really should have gotten steamrolled with how much, if you look at, if you just were to block out the score and look at the numbers, I mean, I don't know how they were in this game. Story but, uh, of the CFL season. Kind of a, yeah, kind of a, a theme. Yeah, yes. the two sa- the two safeties is just. I think wild. We'll, we'll talk about that in our next game. Yeah, let's, let's, let's do it. Um, so uh, this recap was supposed to be done by Peter, who is uh, unfortunately job, job interviews, job interviews. So uh, we're gonna just tag team this, boys. Um, the end of the day, Boris Beatty kicks a last second field goal to lift the Toronto Argonauts over the Hamilton Tiger Cats score six of and three Toronto Argonauts. That's the six and three the score of 24 to 23. The Argonauts, despite scoring only five points in the first three quarters, uh, come through with a big 19 points in the fourth, uh, including a DeVaris Daniels touchdown, um, the Boris Beatty uh, field goal to end the game. We also got, a Chandler-worthy touchdown, um, and another Boris Beatty field goal to kick it off. So lots of scoring there. That, in that fourth, fourth quarter, quarter was the best Fourth quarter. quarter was electric. Perhaps the best quarter of CFL football this year. It was electric. Um, you had a pretty dang good game from Jeremiah Masoli. Good game. Uh, Masoli was 24-33. That's a 72.7% completion percentage. 361 yards and two touchdowns. By far the best he's looked all year like by some margin um, dueling him on the other side. Uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson, 29 of 42, 69% uh, completion percentage, nice. 388 yards. He had two touchdowns and an interception. Um, the Toronto rush running game was pretty much non-existent. Uh, you had the unheralded AJ Ouellette, who when I click his name on CFL.ca, we get a page not found. So <laughs> that goes to show you. Have um, you seen what this guy looks like? No, I have not. He, Beneath, well, without a helmet on, I'm not sure what he looks need like. To, you need to, can you, can you Google him real quick right now? You gotta, you I will your, do that. You got your computer, you got your computer in front of you? No, I record without a computer. Okay. <laughs> no, of course I have. AJ, let's see what he looks like. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! If you, go, if, if, you, if you if you actually scroll like I think it's like the tenth or eleventh picture, it's it's him in like middle school and like uh, Pop Warner, and he looks he looks he looks like the angriest. <laughs> <laughs> this is an amazing picture. The uh, the Thai Cats had seven different people carry the ball, led by Malik Irons, uh, seven rushes for fifty nine yards. Um, on the receiving end for the victorious Argos, you had Curly Gittens Jr., who had seven receptions for 105 yards. And then, as it has been all year, 
Nice, balanced um, receiving down the list for the Argos. DeVaris Daniels only managed two receptions for 34 yards, but the big one was that late 22-yard incredible touchdown reception. Uh, insane. Um, in, insane. <laughs> insane. Uh, Jalen Acklin uh, leading, the, leading the stats for the Ticats. Um, the big takeaway from this, uh, in my opinion, is that Hamilton dominated the first three quarters uh, and unfortunately just could not convert, could not get points on the board, left the door open. Um, and at the end of the day, despite uh, getting a field goal with uh, only a few seconds left to play, there was enough time for MBT to throw an absolute, I mean, that catch late by Dejan Brissett to set up the Boris Beatty field goal Shout out Dejan Brissett. Was incredible. Absolute, yeah, absolute shouts, uh, a little 13-yard reception to pick up the first. Um, and so well, that was with 34 seconds left. Um, guys, the Toronto Argonauts are 6-3 and three and in pretty deep command of the Eastern Division after this one. October is the month. How sad the does Argos. that make you? Um, not sad. I kind of, I'm starting to, I'm starting to feel better about the Argos. I, I, I get why we hate them on this pod, uh, but like they don't even they don't even seem like they want to like i don't understand why people don't like the argos but it sometimes feels like the argos don't want to be liked yeah they really try to lean into the uh the bad boy the bad bad boy boy toronto (laughs) i i I gotta be honest i don't i thought i was gonna dislike this toronto team i really don't they're they no, they're they're a good group of guys. They're, a li- they're a like I think they're actually a kind of a likable team. And uh, their I, 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 Twitter I so. admin is absolutely fire. Guy Twitter works and buns off. Just a, they just got a young, feels like a yes. young team. A um, lot of stuff going. Uh, I, I DJ Foster is a little too hot and cold, so that is a worry. But overall, I think they're. And no, the they're, only they, team they, that's shown they, they find can, a way the, to the, win. The, the bombers can be beaten. They, they, yeah. they find a way to win. You know, you got MBT yeah, who that, God, he just slings quarter. that just, thing. Just... Tyler, go ahead. Yeah, I was so worried before the game, and I had nothing no. to, like, nothing did to worry about. See, he did was, you guys he see just... that fourth quarter happening? Because before that, the no, third I quarter, did not. It was just the single. That's it. There's no. There's nothing no, I was, going on. I was, I, was just... at, I was at work just literally just like chilling, expecting Hamilton to cruise to victory. Um, and so I was checking in, you know, every now and then. Um, and then all of a sudden, I have to go take lunch and uh, watch the rest of the game. And it was ridiculous. Convenient, conveniently. I took a late there, lunch there specifically to every, catch the fourth, every, end of the fourth every, quarter. There was a score every two and a half minutes in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that was insanity. Somebody and was that's scoring CFL football at its best. There's no doubt about it. Although Toronto needs to work on their two-point conversions. They failed on back-to-back conversions, which if they just kicked the extra points, they wouldn't have had to kick a game-winning field goal. Just saying. No, I think that's – I'm trying to look – look. wonder what the Sabre metrics would say, but yeah. Looking ahead, Toronto has uh, yeah. a – Toronto, baby. I'm not, it's, it's, I, I they have a this bye team, this week. Team that had the schedule to, to, make, to get legs. And then they've got. For a bye. I think they've got only. They've got one matchup with BC, and the rest is Eastern competition and Edmonton. So, pretty much the same thing. 
Um, I think Toronto is in the driver's seat. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I really don't see them. I thought this was Hamilton's chance to make a move. I did think Hamilton at going into this game was going to win. I thought they were going to lay claim to the East and, and get that first seed. Uh, now I just you, am not you, sure. I, I'm going to quote you from the last I'm going to quote you from the last pod. You said Toronto was, quote, in for a rude awakening. What? I that said that? You, can, you said that at the beginning of the pod. I mean, they really they were. were rudely they, awakened, they were but once they woke <laughs> they, up, they, they acted yeah. accordingly and, and got the dub. <laughs> they, they won on a last-second field goal, and and they played well. I mean, it's not like the they did play well. The meme circulating I on still think CFL that, that game shouldn't count against yeah. me. The meme the circulating today is um, Captain Jack Sparrow, <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, you are without a doubt the worst six and three football team I've ever heard of, but you have heard of me. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that about sums up Toronto's season so far, but yeah, you, yeah. The, you know what? They find a way to win. They're gritty. They come to play and they never give Which up. Is, we, I didn't think they were going to be. I thought they were going to be soft. I thought they made a no, they are grit-tastic. It's, it's awesome. It's but what, you know, what does that say about the, you know, those four and four and four and five and five and four teams over in, uh, in the the Western Division? Um, like I think that Toronto stands up against all of those yes. teams, and so and maybe that's just the story of this season is that there's one really good team, and there's just a bunch of guys slopping around. Yes, I wanna. I I'm going to. <laughs> Somebody, some, uh, I think a TSN journalist, I forget who it is, so I apologize. But he, he, yeah, he said it's a three-tier league. Winnipeg. Oh, yeah. Everybody in the middle, Ottawa and Edmonton at the bottom. And that is true. I think on any given Sunday, the top three Eastern teams and the middle three Western teams, can anyone can win any game. And that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Which is going to make the playoffs and the rush to, towards the playoffs quite exciting. Agree. Um, do we guys, do we have anything else to say about week, um, 10 or, do we, or week 11? What, what week was that week, week, week 10, 10 yep. or do we want to move on to week 11? <laughs> let's go, on, let's go, yeah, let's let's go, go on week on. 11. Let's start guys, uh, by predicting the Winnipeg at Edmonton game. I will start <laughs> and I will say that. The benching of Trevor Harris, whatever reason given, whether it's smart or not, uh, I simply cannot abide by it. It's it's unconscionable. I will be cheering for the Elks, but I am at the end of my rope. It's it's insane. And I will be picking the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to win on Friday night. They forced that your is hand. all they I have forced, to say about that. Your hand. I am not pr- benching Trevor not Harris. Proud of it, is, but that was. <laughs> I, 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 you're almost not predding against. No, Edmonton. I, I, I mean, predding against like the, the Edmonton coaching so much and, I am, I am just like predding against yeah. the idea of benching Trevor Harris, because this is the thing. You're it's, telling me you can't figure out a game plan to utilize Trevor Harris's skills. You're that. You're that shook. You're that scared of the Winnipeg D that, to me. I'll tell you what, how I interpret the benching of Trevor Harris is them saying, if we're going to get one quarterback beat up, it might as well be Taylor Cornelius and Dakota Prukup, which is giving up in my hmm. opinion. You're just putting somebody out there to get beat up. Yeah. I 
I I think the Elks have given up, and because they have given up, I cannot pick them. Someone I will be picking the Winnipeg their, Blue Someone say they're protecting their investment for next season. And I think giving up. I'm not a fan. They're they as much as they stink. They are still, you know, they are they have they're four points on the season. They're two games out of uh, fourth place. There's still season yeah. to go. There's no guarantee. Uh, Calgary and Sketch are going to, or BC or whatever, how it's going to shake out. If they put a run together, they could still be in a position, whether it be potential crossover uh, with Montreal now dealing with the VA injury, um, or maybe even third in the West. Long shot, but it still you think is possible, but not this. They've given up. I'm out. For now, I will cheer for them and I'll be watching, but I cannot pick them. Yeah, go Bombers out. to win. As sad as that makes me. First time in Preds history. It's embarrassing. It's crazy to think that you actually won the Preds once. Always picking the one team all the time. I guess. Please, please well, correct yourself. Used to be good. They used to please give a damn. Yourself. Twice. Oh, okay. That's right. <laughs> Seems um, like just such a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, Winnipeg is gonna just gonna smack you would them think. again. Although it, this definitely is the game that Edmonton will win oh, this game. One hundred percent. Edmonton is going to win this game. I will not be predding Edmonton because you are a same person. Win- I um, yeah, Winnipeg is the best team by uh, a <laughs> a CFL sized <laughs> football field, larger than an American football field. It's it's a long field, and that's how far ahead the people are Blue saying Bombers Winnipeg are should, the rest should of the league, and Winnipeg especially should replace Edmonton. the Detroit Lions. People are saying it. That would be awesome. <laughs> So, yeah, Winnipeg is my pick to win this game. They will lose to the Edmonton Elks, but I'm going to pick it, Winnipeg. I'm not going to talk too much about this one. It's Winnipeg. It's Winnipeg by a mile. Uh, let's move on to the first game on Saturday, kicking off at uh, 1 p.m. in the Pacific time zone. This is going to be Montreal at Ottawa, uh, a rematch of last weekend, this time without Vernon Adams. Still unsure about standback status for the game, uh, though I think that'll be important. Uh, Matt, let's kick it to you first. Who do you have winning this one? I am predicting a another slop fest. Um, you know, with with Schiltz in, and you know, just rearranging because he's a different type of quarterback than yes. VA. Um, so I don't think that Montreal is going to come out firing on all cylinders. I didn't. I'm not going to say that I liked what I saw yes. in Ottawa, but yes. they're at home. I think Casey Evans is a solid guy to have under center. Uh, R.J. Harris has really uh, showed up the last two games. I think Ottawa is going to yes. pull this one out. I agree. Just wow. I'm, I'm jumping Tyler. Pre- <laughs> Matt has fretted Ottawa twice this season. I I am also picking the Ottawa Red Blacks. Shit! What are you? What are you guys doing? I am. I, I putting my faith I, in fun I is what I'm doing. I couldn't. <laughs> putting my faith in fun. That's that should be our. That should be our podcast line. I want the Ottawa put it, Red Blacks to win this fun. game. I love. I you know I'm a Montreal guy, so it's not even anti-Montreal. I just think that, just like the Edmonton game, they won week in and week out. The two there Edmonton has been games one game this week or this year where I think Ottawa didn't perform 
uh, you know, they didn't give it a go. Um, and I think that was the BC, the second time they played BC. Yeah, they got walked. But every other week, especially defensively, they're giving it a go. I think the offense is fun. So, yes, I have the Ottawa Red Blacks winning. Yeah, I'm going to be the man of reason here. Um, I'll be taking the Montreal Alouettes, and I actually don't think this game will be as close as the last one. The only reason the last one was close is because VA was making poor decisions and scrambling around when he should have just been... I actually think that Schultz will be a calming presence for the offense. I think a la uh, early season Zach Claros, where he wasn't putting up big stats, but was just steady Eddie, keeping drives, keeping the chains moving. Yes. Uh, I think that the offense has been has been calling out for somebody who will just hang in the pocket a little bit longer and, and let the receivers run their routes. VA has too much inclination this season to to abandon ship before the receivers have really had a chance to get downfield and get into their routes. And uh, I think it's really, really stalled the offense at times. Um, so I actually think Montreal, Montreal is going to win by a lot. I think they're, I think they're winning. Your they're analysis hmm. right there was so sound, but I have to reject it. <laughs> For fun. I think everything you said yeah, made you're, you're, so you're much You're really sense. making me reconsider. Um, you're, not actually. They, no, Montreal's no. great There's receivers. There's no way that Montreal... Cunning, a, I'm already going to tell you, Cunningham is going to have perhaps his best game of the season. In this one. Huh? Counterpoint, you're <laughs> wrong. What if we see Duck Hodges this week? <laughs> I can't... I, 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 you know what? You... You might see Duck Hodges. I what was the you have to give me the stat line from the Ottawa game, but I think they had 125 yards passing and an interception. It was pretty brutal. Yeah, it was not great. So I think you might see Duck Hodges possibly. I mean, I, I wonder if that'll be floating around the the Twitter sphere in the next few days. Um, Caleb Evans, not Casey Matt, by the way, buzzer to you. Uh, had a, 125 <laughs> passing yards and one interception. And how, what was the what was the completion percentage on that one? 56.5. Not great. But um, Delance Turner, who, of course, has no picture on CFL.ca, uh, first game ever. Maybe he, he is the Mercer Timmis. He did add 10 carries for 71 yards. So pretty impressive rushing game for that debutante there. Um, and I only see him um, building upon his performance with a win uh, here in uh, week 11. But let's get to the, the game, game of the week. Of the oh, week. It's really, the only at, game, it's really the only game that matters. It, this and it matters quite a bit. This is a this is for one, third yeah. in the West. You've got Calgary at BC. Last time we saw BC, they were uh, beat up and bruised by the Bombers. Meanwhile, the Stamps have pulled off two huge, if not improbable, victories over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Going first to Tyler, who wins this game. BC took a beating against Winnipeg the same way that Skatch took a beating against Winnipeg earlier in the season. And I don't think Skatch has recovered from that beating yet. And I don't think BC's had enough time to recover from that beating yet. Uh, Not having Lucky Whitehead is a real bummer. Calgary's coming in with confidence. They're running the ball more. Bo Levi is... I don't think he's 100%, but he's 80%, and that I think that's good enough for me with that ground game and that, that defense, which is, is playing well right now, to say that the Calgary Stampeders are going to be 5-5 five and five and move into set third in the West. Wow. 
I disagree. <laughs> I have the BC Lions winning this game. Matt, hearing me <laughs> pick his same picks, it must be hard. I'm, I struggled with this one. I am, I want to pick BC, but I, I, I don't even know what I'm going <laughs> to pick right now. You just keep talking. I, I, I'm struggling, and I was struggling. No, this is a this. hard game. You picking BC makes me want to pick Calgary. It's just like, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I am such a hater. But I don't. I, mean, I wouldn't say I've been particularly impressed with Calgary in their two wins over the Riders. And just remember, BC cannot run the ball. And Calgary that's because Calgary's... they choose not to. Yeah, what if okay. they have it in my notes? <laughs> Maybe run the ball. Three question marks. I don't think they. I just what if don't they do? Think... Just hand it off to Shaq. But we don't even know if they can. We keep saying like if they just do it, it'll work. I mean, They're, do we even know? Do we even know that they can? They can do it, I'm certain. It's just about choosing to do so. Even without Lucky Whitehead, I still like BC's ability to take the top I also off like Sean. I also like Sean Lemon to just eat in this game. I, I don't disagree with that. Um, but I, am, uh, I, I think this is going to be a close one. Currently, the experts um, have it from Bet Regal. Bet Regal have uh, Calgary as one-point favorites on the road. I mean, um, I'm, I'm like the best CFL handicapper in the world. Let's just let's just get that. No, you there. know CFL football more than anybody else. Unfortunately, that is true. But, Matt, the time has come <laughs> to make a decision. Who wins this game? It's, oh! it's Calgary. Good pred. I, 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 I was always going to be Calgary, but I... <laughs> I just feel my heart. I want BC to be the be the winners of this game. I do, but I do think that Calgary is playing really well. And I did predict Calgary at the beginning of this year to well, because you had already picked uh, Edmonton, John. So I said I can't do that. I'll choose Calgary. And then you know, ten games in, they're both the yes. bottom of the <laughs> the bottom of the West, and I felt like an idiot. Now I'm starting to see what I saw at the beginning of the season in a really strong receiving core. And Bo Levi Mitchell is a Hall of Fame uh, CFL quarterback. Who and was given the proper leash. I think they're looking good. And I I wish the best to the BC Lions, but I do think Calgary's looking stronger coming in. I think Calgary game. would have a better record right now if they had let Meyer start a game or two more. Oh my God, this For guy. God's sake, this guy's insane. This guy will not let it go. Believe I just. I'm supposed to face. listen to the guy. I'm supposed to listen to the guy who's predated Ottawa twice now, and the other guy who's just joining him on. on, on. This is the guy who's predated so Edmonton all season. Here's the thing, Tyler. You get too bold. You 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 have been <laughs> you have been emboldened by your success in the Preds, and you say insane things like, oh, if only Calgary had started Jake Who, Mayer. by the way, will like, miss this on. game. As I'm not, I didn't say in these games. I meant in what, when when Bo was still not recovered. I think they'd have, I think they'd be better in, than four and five. I think they might be five and four or six and three right now if they if they hadn't started Bo in those games where he was still clearly not, not healthy. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Not in the last two games against Sketch. I guess we'll never know. 
um, Peter is picking Bombers, Alouettes, Lions. So I'm sure he'll be thrilled when he hears that I'm with him in that do BC we all, selection. Do we all pick, I think this is the first time in a while we've all picked. Uh, nobody has the same picks for the week. Yeah, this is an interesting one. This is good. This is good. Well, Matt, Winnipeg. Well, no, I meant please like, oh, yeah. review I the tape on the Preds season. Give us some stats about who's leading. You're know. not keeping track? <laughs> no, I am keeping track. I, just, I honestly haven't. I, I was 4-1 last track. week. Though. You're the one with the visuals, Matt. You've taken over I have not done the visual. Team. I have not done the visual next week. I have been busy. Um, uh, like I think Tyler's like six points oh ahead. Oh, my God. I'll be honest. I'm not keeping track anymore, so we got to get on top of this. I am. I No, we've we got the visuals. The, the, like, the, the, let me look yeah. at this. All right. Relax. I did, relax, I did, I did win last week. Just, I was like, the, the Toronto game. You did? Won. Okay. I was, I was just going to go I was, this I was week's four and one, right. I think all of you were three and two. That's so. correct. So we are now <laughs> – Tyler is in the lead. He is 26 and 13. <laughs> that is impressive. <laughs> That is impressive. Um, Peter and I uh, pulled ahead of 300. Nice. 500. Jesus. Jesus. Nice. <laughs> um, we are... Uh, oh, sorry. Let me see here. No, sorry. We didn't. Never mind. <laughs> Peter and I are 19 and 20. Pretty good. We're close. We're, we're doing it this week. John is uh, 18 and 20. Okay. Honestly, that's not even that bad. No, not too I, bad. I'm not good compared to my competitors, but I feel like I will end the season above 500. Oh, Dude, we're, we're climbing. It's been a tough climb yes. to 500, especially with Tyler yes. so far ahead. Um, before we get to, before we get to um, fantasy league leaders, as always, yep. Zach Caleros leading in passing yards, 2,355. And then two guys who didn't even play in Week 10 are still leading in rushing and receiving. Uh, Willie Stanback, 677 rushing yards. And our friend Kenny Lawler, who's going to be back on the field this week, is sitting there with 703 receiving yards. Um, so, Matt, before now, Matt, before we get into listener feedback, give us the deets on the fantasy standings. All right. Uh, had a down game, down week this uh, this week. Just in general, the highest point total was Tyler, who led the week. He had sixty seven point three. The miss here, of course, yeah, is Cameron Payne. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't think about it until too late. Now, he Tyler, you did have a great game out of Kadeem Carey, twenty two point eight, and Nick Dembski, nineteen point three. Dembski, um, so, I, I, another uh, thing I was worried about. Dembski did shine pretty pretty good without uh, yep. without Lawler in the last game. Uh, so for me, I was just a couple points behind him. Sixty point five um, had a, a good game at an okay game at MBT. Um, good game out of William Powell, thirteen point three and twelve point seven. But for the second week this year, the Winnipeg defense has been my highest <laughs> point total. Uh, position so 20 points out of Winnipeg in their beatdown of the Edmonton Elks. Uh, coming in third, uh, fair bit behind me at 44.8 was John. Uh, he actually had a tie for his MVP with Vernon Adams and RJ Harris, and in, in the Toronto game uh, with 12.4. And then PDB doesn't show up on the pod, doesn't show up. 
set his lineup. Starting to wheels are starting to come off. Uh, he had zero points out of the BC Lions who didn't play Michael Riley, Shaq Johnson, Shaq Cooper. Um, what's weird actually is he didn't have a- enough players to actually to like he doesn't have a running back to play. It's sad um, to replace Shaq. He is his lineup is a his or his roster is a mess just in the just overall. Um, so he had a huge game of Andrew Harris, the 30.4. <laughs> so that was great. That kind of saved him. He doesn't deserve, um, he doesn't deserve so he was 36.7. Um, the overall totals right now, I will say that Peter has stayed inside of 200 points. That should, be, on, his, so. that should be his new goal. That's impressive. Uh, well, it's it's mostly embarrassing for you. It's <laughs> impressive for Peter. Since Peter's not since Peter's not playing. It's always this. Ha- we just, you just, you just don't know which week it's going to happen with Peter. Now it's just like <laughs> it, which it, that should be like a separate pool that we you know there'll be an episode or four he'll miss. So we should next season we should pred uh, how, what week Pete gives up on fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> so overall standings, uh, I'm I still maintain a slight lead over Tyler. 733.6. Tyler's uh, nipping at my heels, 718.2. John dropped back, unfortunately, 660.8. Um, so uh, he's still hanging on, not close to John getting get, John can century get by me. Oh, well, well, I mean, I'm only 15 points ahead of you, Tyler. So John needs um, 100 points. John, you haven't yeah. had a 100 point week yet, right? I've had a a hundred point week, I believe. I think another week one. Week no, would I think week one was hundred ninety nine point three. Hundred point week for you would get you no. right. I think right where we're sitting. No, your, your first week was eighty five point eight. Oh, that's it's pretty, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good week. It's well, and he had it. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Peter's way back there, four seventy four point nine. So what's the av- what's the um, average? Per John, week you need to beat that number. Like forty. The average like 40, per right? week 10, is forty seven point five. Shockingly, not my lowest. So, John, you need to beat Peter by 14 points. Anything below anything below 50 is just not not where you want to be. You know what? In many ways, this is not the season I thought it would be. Um, I feel like I'm happy with fantasy points. Fantasy points are down. Happy that we're having a season. We can be. Yeah, and I am. Yeah. I do think that I, I we got we got to check. I think at the end of the season there there will be significantly fewer touchdowns yes. scored, which is which is the biggest driver of fantasy yes. points. So I think that catches is we do a reception. That's also a huge driver. We do yes. So the more the slot fests go, the lower the points. Right. The more drops, the more field goals. You know, the more punts. Thank the you for less. not doing kickers because kickers would be getting the most points of any players this season. Imagine if you had <laughs> Rene Paredes just oh my dominating. Gosh, you would just be you'd just be winning the league just based on him week in week out. Walter okay, two. boys. Sketch can't finish the drive to save their souls. Before we sign off, we've got more listener feedback this week from the Belgian guy. No, it is from a French Canadian who lives in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> that's i'll leave it at that um he wants to know what our favorite moment of the week 10 slate of games was um i will go first and this is hands down my favorite moment um 
It was in the fourth quarter of the Elks and Bombers game when the clock hit zero. And then the game ended, <laughs> and I moved on with my night. That was far and away <laughs> the most satisfying moment uh, from the weekend's slate of games. Second to that uh, No, you don't get be... a sec. Come on, I give a... we got to go. Oh, go ahead, Tyler. You're going to take all the good moments. You're right. <laughs> the first, I took the best moment already. Uh, for me, it's the, the the entire fourth quarter of the Toronto Hamilton game. But, of course, uh, it's always uh, super nice when the season when I'm predicting the team by myself, uh, and they they pull one out of their ass. Which I'll be I'll be fair. I know my pred record. I think at least five of those games are just like, how the hell did those teams win the game? And this was I think the top one. Just like what happened. I deserve, I deserve to be wrong about this pred, and to be Matt's point, he deserves to not be penalized for predding Hampton. <laughs> Matt, what about what was your favorite moment of the games? I I love the bead uh, the bead kick. I, I just the entire um, fourth quarter. Daniels touchdown Hamilton, for me was the best. What a catch! Argos gave, but yeah, you love a last second field goal. It was a heartbreaker for me. I think. If he would have missed it, it was my would have been my favorite. Just because uh, the drama moment. If he since he made it, it was you know yes. it was great. It was great drama. Dropped me in the pred pool just a little bit, but I wasn't winning it. Anymore, now let's give so. a low, let's give a low light since we gave a highlight. Low low light for me. Uh, VA season probably ending. Yeah, that was. I mean, that's horrible. My low light would probably be the. Like non-injury related would be the first quarter from Edmonton, um, where they just did not move the ball. I think T. Harris started zero for six, um, and it was just shocking. That was you, you know, you knew they were going to lose, but you're like, all right, let's see Edmonton give it a go, and they just did not do that. Uh, it was very disappointing. <laughs> you also got to say the third quarter of the Toronto Hamilton game when there was only a single rouge, and I thought, well, that's just going to be like a ugly sloppy nothing's going to happen interesting in the fourth but thankfully that's not if you matt do you have a low light or would you uh no it was it was the edmonton game it was realizing that the elks had given up if you would like to be featured on our listener feedback segment simply direct message us on twitter at shups and preds or send us an email to shups and preds at gmail.com Gino Lewis, we can kick Peter off the pod next year if you if you agree to join. Yeah, if you are a CFL player who by chance listens to this, we will one hundred percent let you come on as a guest. One hundred percent, no doubt about it. And we'll kick and we'll and we'll oh, kick yeah, Peter for off. Sure. I am less committed to that idea, but we well we, we can't have, <laughs> we can't have, we can't have five people in the in the fantasy league. You just can't. That's have. true. Anyway, guys, we're going into week eleven of the CFL season. Uh, we've got one more winnipeg edmonton game to sit through before we can just peacefully enjoy the rest of the year Um, so once we get over that hill i think it's smooth sailing ahead for everybody Um, thank you for joining us for another episode Uh, matt and tyler any parting shots before we bid these fine ladies and gentlemen i do i got nothing let's just have another good weekend peace out y'all we'll talk to you next week